And I realized, oh, I think what people really got upset about is we finally had like a gotcha moment. Like, you see, influencers are fake. You see, everything you see online is not real. Influencer this, influencer that. So welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. There's up boundless selfers. Welcome back to another episode of the Boundless Self podcast. And I was using AI this week and it was helping me write some show notes for another episode that I was scheduling. And it said on there, welcome back boundless selfers. And I was like, oh my God, I've never even used that name before. Wow. This is going to be the name for the fan club for the Boundless Self podcast listeners, which is you because you are listening. So Boundless Selfers, welcome back to another show. And I'm so, so, so excited to have you here. Today's episode is absolutely incredible. It has something for everyone. We have the most special guest on the show. Her name is Lizette. But what this episode is so cool in is that it covers everything from if you're a business owner, if you're exploring social media, what the keys are to success there. But it also really links into overcoming the cringe factor, being more of who you really are, how to be authentic in the world, not fearing judgment anymore, owning your freaking story, and also how to build a career, how to go viral on social media. Lizette breaks everything down for us. She also tells us, and this is why I love this episode, because it's filled with stories. There are, even if you don't own a business, if you have nothing to do with social media, get ready because Lizette tells us some of the most shocking, twist-turning tales of stories of her own journey on social media and involving the media in general. I won't spoil the story now, but there is a very, very incredible, scary, interesting twist-turning tale of a story that she tells us, as well as a new segment on the show that we're introducing, which is called... Do you believe in love? We're going to get a beautiful, juicy love story right at the end of the show so that you can leave on a high. And if you're single like me, this story will help you believe in love again. And it will also probably give you a little bit of belief in yourself that love can happen in the wildest of ways. I cannot wait to share this episode with you. I'm not going to talk for much longer before we dive in. But I do want to tell you a bit about Lizette. So Lizette is a Latina digital entrepreneur and she lives in Denver and also between New York City. Now, she is an influencer marketing consultant to Fortune 500 brands, social media content creator herself. She has an amazing social media, which I will link all in the show notes. And she's also built this amazing business, being a business coach for influencers. So she is a master of building your personal brand on social media, but by being a human fucking being. Her business is called Influence with Impact, and it's a consultancy that supports influencers and personal brands and turning their social presence into a balanced business with deep community impact. Lizette is absolutely incredible. What I love about her the most is that she's human. Even like I said, if you don't own a business or have anything to do with social media, you're going to walk away having learned a lot of stuff from today. It's all based on these incredible stories of her life, being an entrepreneur and being a human being in the world, making change. Get ready for an amazing episode. And finally, 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 I just have one more thing to say which is that we have changed to a new posting schedule. So, Boundless Selfers, you'll be getting a new juicy episode every Monday morning, bright and early. I mean like 4 a.m. New Zealand time, 7 a.m. Australian time. So wherever you are in the world, it's actually earlier than that. I've scheduled them. It's earlier than that. And that's the area of the world where the sun first rises. So it's literally the first possible thing. So wherever you are in the world, every single Monday morning, you're going to be getting an episode of the Boundless Self podcast. And it's so that you can start your day by becoming boundless. Start your week in the right way. I want to be a part of your Monday routine and set you up in that really, really powerful habit of being more intentional about your week and starting off with some of these amazing stories as well as learning things, but in a fun and enjoyable way. My mission for this podcast is to make it the number one place for self-growth, 
but in a funny human healing way. I want to entertain you as much as I want you to feel like you've learned something that you can apply in your life. We want to have fun in this journey and a big part of my mission at the moment is making sure that we aren't falling into this almost consuming era of personal growth and development or healing of basically becoming your entire personality and taking over your whole life because it's not. We heal and we grow so that we can live more fully and that's what this podcast is about. It's about becoming boundless in who you are so you can live more fully. And this episode does just that. So let's dive in and welcome the amazing okay, Lizette to the show. Boundless self. Welcome the amazing Lizette to the show. You are so incredible and I am, I'm personally really excited to have you on. I, I actually met you, we didn't even talk about, I met you in um, one of Topsy's amazing programs and I remember stalking your Instagram and being like, who is this amazing person? Like, I want to be her when I grow up. Because your level of authenticity, and this was like a good like 18 months ago, your level of authenticity on your social media was everything that I have ever wanted to be. You embraced all aspects and parts of yourself. You embraced, you know, being cringe, being exciting, being sad. You just showed all ranges of your emotion. You showed what it's like to be a real human being. And it honestly was such an amazing moment for me to go like, hell yes, like I'm excited to follow this person. I'm excited to follow along the journey and I'm excited to see somebody making waves in such an incredible area. So Lizette, welcome. And I'd love you to share with us, yeah, what your journey has been like. What is your mission in this world? Oh my gosh, that is so kind of you. And also what a place to meet because I think Topsy really did help actually is part of my journey of just embracing who I really want to be as a business owner, right? Which was always, it, it's funny, my social media has always had that taste of I'm your BFF, I'm just your best friend. But my business, I spent so long like trying to follow the rules or what people said you have to do. And I feel like mindset programs really have supported me with that. But um, I really appreciate it because on a side tangent, a lot of, you know, I, I've been really marinating around this idea of how do people perceive you and I think so many of us like avoid that because they're like I don't want to know what people think about me you know <laughs> I want to be judged and it is actually so nice to hear how people perceive you not just because of all the nice things people say but it's usually a reflection of the things you think you're not that good at like I sometimes think am I not honest with my emotions and then lo behold on social media that's the reputation I carry so it's it's always this happens to all of us the the things we think we're terrible at people really admire in us so I hope whoever's listening that's a lesson for you because I bet something is the same in that realm but and I'll listen like number one, isn't it? Lesson number one. And do you know what? I actually was reading a study saying that your self-image is two years behind what other people perceive of you. Two years. Wait, that actually makes a lot of sense. I know. I was like, oh, yes, that really does. Of course. Like, you know, pe people often see you in such a light that sometimes you don't see yourself in but it is and I think it's so important like you know making friends with feedback talking to people asking people questions but yeah you you honestly are somebody that comes across incredibly authentic and genuine and everything that you do and like I see it reflect in, in you know in both angles of your business both with you know being a business coach working with influencers but also just on your more personal thing Instagram you're incredibly honest but you also have boundaries and you know you you don't overshare you don't undershare you just nail it and you're authentic and so enjoyable to witness and to watch you are one of those people and I'm not I don't spend a lot of time going back to people but you are one of the people which is why when I was starting this show I was like oh my god one day I'm gonna have to build up the courage to send Lizzie a message and say hey would you please be on the podcast and look at us now we're here baby at us now. I was like yeah I'd love to chat I love, I love the topics so let's do it yeah oh totally and so sorry my question was um yeah tell us a bit about what is your passion in the world and that is such a loaded question, but I'll tell you a story actually, because I was digging up old my old resume one time. I don't even know how I got here. It, got, it was like through a, what did your website look like back in the day? And I realized <laughs> I put my resume on there. And I always had this objective and it was like using communications as a way 
to as a vehicle to change the world, make new ideas and like impact people. And this is me, you know, fresh out of high school, college or whatever, like trying to get a job. And it's funny because today that mission obviously has reshaped, but it's very similar for me. I really do believe and I've, I've been in the communication, social media world my entire education, career, et cetera. I'm sure we'll dive into that. But for me, the beauty of it has been the connection piece. But what I learned over the course of being on social media and being in the digital space is that it's actually hard to build connections if you're not leading with authenticity because you're not making room for people to reveal themselves to you, right? Like you can't make a connection as a one-way street. And if you show up as your most authentic, confident self, you're going to receive that back from other people. You're going to be able to make more meaningful interactions and relationships with people. Now, from a business level, right, that's a win-win because if people love you, trust you, they're going to sign up for whatever you're talking about so long that it's relevant for them. So I really do try to focus on helping people embrace. When we say the word authenticity, I think it's a little bit of a buzzword. But for me, that means do I own my story? Like, can no one else tell my story? Do I feel confident with me and my story and what I want to share, right? There's like that balance of boundaries. And can I show up with like the, with a feeling of like being okay to mess up and being okay to be messy? I think that's kind of the parallel with authenticity is do I give myself permission to be a little messy sometimes? be a little wrong sometimes, to be a little boring sometimes. I have some clients who sometimes I'm like, I want you for one week to make the most boring content you can think of. And it's actually usually the highest performing because they're talking about like their pets or their coffee order or the fact that they're sitting on the couch. And I'm like, guess what? We're all petting our pets, making coffee or matcha or tea and sitting on the couch. <laughs> so like, and I'm leading without authenticity is, is that piece. Like know your story. And just share the most open version of you possible. Mm, so true. And like, I really see that both for you, like I said, in your kind of more personal Instagram page, but also within your business where you're working with other influencers. And it sounds like it's the real energy that you give out into the world, you know, and owning your story. Hell yes. Like owning all parts of you that exist, giving permission for yourself to be an imperfect human being. I think at the moment, and probably actually for the entirety that social media has existed, the, the only issue with it is that there's this idea or mold that is uh, a false idea of perfection, right? There's, you know, the super aesthetic feed, there's all this sort of stuff. But in reality, I'm curious, from the outside, I think I believe that probably the more successful people are people who are owning their stories, being authentic, forming genuine connections, and being a fucking human being that messes up that you know the like you said the boring everyday stuff that's so relatable having a cup of tea patting your dog doing your hair all that sort of stuff that's usually the content that people engage with the most have you seen that to be true oh yeah a hundred percent i mean if i use the last week alone as a case study and it's funny you mentioned hair my most popular stories on instagram from yesterday was talking about curly hair i was literally going to ask you my mom is like a curly girl obsessed you know kind of person i was gonna ask you what hair products do you use what was your curly girl routine um, yeah i don't want to give it to you it's so funny I'm like the, the story was basically if you, uh, everyone wants curly hair until they realize it takes an entire business day to actually make your hair like look the way you want to. And all the DMs, haha, same, same. Oh my God, relatable. And it was just me with like my hair over my head, super messy, being like, help. And then like the next day I was like, oh, one business day later, my hair is finally how it needs to be. Um, but it's really funny. I actually, I, I will give this advice for any curlies listening. Always follow women of color because they've got it right. And the curly, entire curly line that I'm using right now is Caro from Miss Rizzo's Salon. She actually started it. She's a Dominican Afro-Latina and she just started a salon for curly haired people. So all the products I use are from her because all the like big brands, you know, every brand has like a curly line of shampoo conditioner and I'm sure it works for some people, but I'm like the people who have made this line like the Dominican Afro-Latina hairdresser she made it because she needed it so I'm gonna follow what she's doing and my curls have come back to life with all her products so small little plug for them and you know it 
you know that something's going to be really good when someone is genuinely solving a problem for themselves and for the people that they probably see every single day, you know? Yeah. Um, totally. And I think that idea almost transfers into what you preach to the influencers that you're teaching. You've built an incredible business working both as a coach to influencers as well as on the brand side of helping brands to work better with influencers. And you've done so much work around reclaiming that word influencer. Like I remember thinking back in the day, like, oh my God, I would love to be an influencer, but that's so cringe, you know? So I became a coach instead. But there's totally a part of me that's like, oh, hell yeah, I want to be an influencer. You know, like, that sounds like a sweet deal you know um it sounds fun enjoyable there's definitely still this idea that it's really cringe to to try to put attention on yourself to act in a certain way and i see so many people having to overcome that myself included creating content and getting comfortable was such a challenge for me and realizing that oh i just have to be human and real and do things that i enjoy that's the only way i'm gonna find success the only freaking way was the greatest thing I ever learned, but it took a damn long time. So tell us a bit about your amazing business that you've created and the people you work with and how you work with them. Thank you. Yeah. For those who aren't familiar, so the business side of the set is influence with impact. And the there's no way to make this a long story short. So I'm gonna give you the best version of the story. And, and I started yeah, I started my career in the influencer marketing space actually in 2012. So immediately I was in a program in college focused on public relations. And for those who aren't familiar with public relations, you're basically selling stories to media. You're telling them, our clients are so amazing because, and you're giving them these narratives that they hopefully will cover and you know, write their own way without any sort of bias. And back in the day, like back in the day, <laughs> we actually sort of realizing that blogs were getting just as valuable traffic as some of the newspapers, magazines, websites that we kept trying to put stories in. So I worked with a lot of consumer brands, for example, a giant party retailer, I won't say the name. And that was the first time that I remember I paid a content creator. At the time, bloggers were the big thing, especially mom bloggers. And I think it's because that time period, we understood that mom recommendations were gold, right? Like moms telling moms what you should buy this, you should go there. So we were chasing these mom bloggers and paying them at the time a couple hundred bucks, you know, to mention us here and there, sending them free product. And that was air quotes, influencer marketing of that day and time. And I was really lucky because in 2012, now, if you start thinking about when social media started becoming popular, Instagram only started existing. I think they just celebrated their 13th birthday. So Instagram was two years old. Facebook was around and well used at this point. YouTube was good, but it wasn't what it is today. Blogs, people were just searching the internet for stuff. So that's why we really were there. And because I was that young, you know, millennial at the time, right? It's, this is what Gen Z is today. But at the time, I was the token millennial at the agency. And everyone had questions like, how do you use social media? So because I was the girl who knew how to use social media and also the girl who had the public relations experience, those two things kind of became influencer marketing for me. As the years progressed, the as I call it the LinkedIn career so my agency career I started to then work with YouTubers I started developing programs around influencer marketing it wasn't just hey let's find some bloggers it was hey let's build a strategy around these authentic voices to talk about our client because media like also nowadays I feel like media has a terrible reputation right like no one trusts the news at all but we started to see those trends back in the day where it was like ooh people are trusting people. So that really opened up my eyes into not just, you know, influencer marketing, but the world of consumers and trust and where people were getting their information from. So that's, like I said, path one was the traditional nine to five job in 2013. So just a year into my career, I realized, hey, some people are making money on blogs. What? So me, the girl who actually wanted to be a journalist, that's why I even got in this space. I was like, I can write. So I started a blog. So that kind of starts my career path. And for years, I really was able to keep both of them growing on their own in different ways. What was interesting is that the content creator path, I always say, 
that first blog was just, hey, mom and dad, I'm alive. It was it had no purpose, no brand. It was just Lissette's diary. Ask me if Lissette's diary got any monetization, got any sort of influx of followers. It, no, incorrect. Because people don't care about people they don't know. <laughs> so that didn't work for many, many years, but it was really nice to actually spend a lot of years experimenting as a content creator. As Instagram became more popular, I started, I was really into photography my entire, pretty much from teenhood onward, I was into photography. So I was posting really interesting photos on my Instagram. So all these things were happening in tandem where I was working on the agency brand side, hiring influencers, and I was becoming an influencer in my own way. What really changed for me on the influencer route, because the nine to five route, I just had kept doing great work, strategizing better, building new programs, and I kept getting the promotions. But on the influencer route, when you're an entrepreneur, when you have no boss to give you a review, to give you the raise, you kind of are building on your own, right? So it took me actually a while to turn it into monetization and to turn it into a business. And what really flipped the switch is when I decided, oh, I need to treat myself like my clients. I need to have my own mission statement. I need to have my own personal brand around me. I need to show up as a thought leader, right? And I started turning the blog, this is now 2017, in away from Lisette's diary, like what Lisette wore today. And it became the marketable millennial because a lot of what I was sharing was me, my career. I moved to New York City all on my own. I was, you know, growing in a career in marketing and people really liked hearing about my career in influencer marketing. So the idea behind the marketable millennial, and I remember we had a mission statement and everything. It was like debunking the idea that millennials, you know, don't know what they're doing and making millennials feel empowered like in their careers and their journey as storytellers right so it was kind of like before i knew i wanted to focus on creators i was kind of talking to creators because creating your own path right and moving moving forward i remember that year in 2017 i got my first ever brand campaign and i was like huh, we, we're doing it we cracked the code and what's funny is the first brand campaign was with Google Home to promote Stranger Things. I think it might have been the first or second season ever. What, what a Whoa. Oh, my God. Amazing. Right. Which I was like, whoa, how cool. I think I got paid like $20. And I was like, wow. But why did they hire me? Because I randomly talked about liking my Google Home one day. So then I started to realize, oh, for monetization, like, okay, I've got the brand all good. But for the other brands to hire me, right? So my personal brand feels good, but for other brands to hire me, I need to actually be relevant to whatever brand I'm trying to talk to. I need to create relevance. I need to create trust. So what I ended up doing was shifting my strategy so that I could build more community, right? Started recommending more things. I loved traveling at the time. I would travel, but I wouldn't just like, you know, post a pretty picture from a travel. I would say, save this post. These are the five places I want to eat. You're going to love it. So like really starting to build what, what you think in your mind is an influencer. It's basically just the same personal brand and who you are, but the value is, I'm going to tell you a little bit of how to attain the things around me, right? So, oh, you like this trip I went on? Let me tell you how I did that. So kind of like a follow along the journey. So once I did that, I started to actually see much more our paid brand deals, which was my first path to monetization. And because of this entire story, I then realized like, oh, I think I pretty much have the A to Z of becoming a content creator because I literally had a strategy. I, you know, people tell you have a business plan before quitting your job. I didn't have that before quitting the job, but I had it along the way of having the job. <laughs> and more to come on that. But I, I felt like, oh, I have this this expertise. I've been talking about my career in influencer marketing. I've been literally building teams from scratch in the influencer marketing side of things. Let me focus on that. So in 2018, you start to see a shift in the way I show up online. The blog also changes. And I really start to show up as this like leader up in, you know, authority in the content creator space. And that is when I realized if you are doing this, Lisette, you are so ready to quit your job. And what's very interesting is that I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was like, I'm just going to, this is like a passion project, it's a side hustle. And then I realized 
I have two full-time jobs now. <laughs> How did I get here? And that obviously burns you out. So I decided at the end of 2019, so for those who are doing the girl math, it was about six years into even starting being a content creator. I decided I'm leaving the nine to five side of my career to just fully build my business. And that is like the inspiration that kind of led there. Now the words influence with impact came in because when I built the business in the beginning months, I really was just acting like a freelancer. So brands would still hire me to run their campaigns because they really get to have this authority in influencer marketing. So they would hire me to run campaigns, find the most authentic influencers to work with and move on. And as a content creator, brands were hiring me. It was my highest you know, revenue period. And I also had a coaching certification that I got. And the reason I got it was purely because I was having a quarter life crisis. At the time, at 25 or 26, and I was like, I think I want to quit my job and be a life coach. It did not work out. I did not quit the job and be a coach, but I had the life coaching certification. So I was like, well, I know how to coach people, so I might as well. So when I moved away from just these, you know, random one-off jobs, which I think a lot of us start that way when we're an entrepreneur, it's like very random jobs. I moved into saying, oh, okay, I can now compartmentalize my business, right? Air quotes business as the consulting arm, the creator arm, and the coaching arm. And I decided now this feels like a business. It feels like not a business. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is a business. <laughs> so I started thinking about like, what do I call my business? Which advice for anyone listening, you do not need to have a logo, your name, nothing when you decide to start the business. I did not. <laughs> the business existed. I just decided, wait, 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 I need an umbrella now because it's starting to evolve into its own little monster. And I remember having conversations. I did a lot of kind of market research where I would ask people to get on the phone with me for 10 minutes and give them like a $5 Starbucks gift card. <laughs> Best way to get, get to know your ideal client. And I started really getting on the phone with my ideal clients. So creators really, because I knew that I had the reputation to have those like consulting clients, those agency folks, but creators, I didn't even know if creators would pay for a business coach at the time. I had not really seen that happen. So I was like, do people, would people pay for this? So I was having a lot of research conversations and through there, I actually realized a lot of what I was hearing from creators was, oh, but I'm not an influencer. I I'm a content creator. Like influencers cringe. And I was like, ah, oh, wait, everyone hates the word influencer. As a contrarian, I'm going to use the word influencer in my business name. So it was actually called from influence to impact because I wanted people to decide and own the word influencer and take back the word influencer and say, no, no, I'm not just an influencer. I'm like impacting lives and businesses and creating this amazing, you know, amazing movements. A lot of the creators I worked with just had these amazing communities and were doing really cool things. The reason it became influence with impact, there's a little lesson here. The reason why I'm giving you all the tea is I went to go trademark my business and influence to impact actually existed. And I was like, whoops. So it quickly shifted. And thankfully, my business had only been around publicly in this way, I think, for three months before I went and hired a lawyer to trademark my business. So just always, if you're in the United States, especially, make sure you're double checking the trademark. You know, this is public information. You can go online and search it. And I had not done that when I was naming my business. And I was like, huh. Okay, well, with impact and we're good, we're safe. Lawsuit. Um, but same vision, you know, it's I want people to, to influence, but influence with impact. And impact doesn't just mean I think when you say that word, people's brains go to like community impact, you know, advocacy work, which like that is be beautiful and great if you do that. But it also means like, did you give someone more confidence because whatever you recommended and were wearing just made them want to dress differently tomorrow? Impact also means where you sharing your health story and by way of that, like cool recipes that now make someone feel nourished and fed and happy. Like those are the things I'm really looking at when I say impact. So that's the whole spiel. That is an amazing, amazing story. And I, I you probably told it a few times because you told it so well, but I can really see the personal journey that you went on. And I, I want to hit on that key point there where you noticed that people were saying to you, no, no, I'm a content creator and not an influencer. What was running through your head at that moment? I really was, I was surprised actually. And 
one piece of the puzzle that I actually didn't share, but in 2018, yes, it's actually weeks before I met Justin. So that, that all kind of comes together. I actually went viral because I posted about uh, finances. So I had always been transparent about salary talk, right? And I was like, well, I'm going to talk to creators about the industry. I should talk about how much money people actually spend to be content creators and the pressures that come with wanting because, you know, you're starting a business, your first investments are going to be, you know, maybe the LLC and the uh, some equipment and whatever. When you're starting to become an influencer, people assume you need to buy the clothes, the camera, the trips, the this, because you assume that those are what is attainable. And for six years, I was doing that and it did not work. And that's really what I spoke about online. I made this big post and it got shared a bunch of times. The news reached out, but at the time I didn't realize this news outlet did not have the best intentions. And they basically framed it as like influencers are going broke or people are going broke trying to become influencers. Here's this girl's example. And I was like, oh, they did not. Yeah, I was like, like, I'm not, I'm not broke. I mean, I had, I had like college debt and credit card debt that I was open about. Again, I've been open about money in my platform for years and it was really funny. So I went viral. And when I went viral, I remember the reason I, I attributed like why this took off so much. And I got a lot of hate for it. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, death threats. And it was for something so silly for talking about money. And I realized, oh, I think what people really got upset about is we finally had like a gotcha moment. Like you see influencers are fake. You see everything you see online is not real. Influencer this, influencer that. So when people were saying, oh, I don't want to call myself an influencer I was like I can I can see where that's coming from because I've been there I've been the subject of virality around this idea that influencers are terrible people and liars right but I want to reclaim it because we at the end of the day we are like we're influencing you know and even people who maybe are coaches and personal and business owners you probably have some sort of influence too right like if you're talking to me about come with me behind the scenes for an admin day and you're showing me that you use Notion and that this and that, I'm going to probably download Notion because I trust you. So I really wanted to help people own back the word influencer as not a dirty word, but as it just means that I'm changing someone's perceptions or behaviors as a result of the content that I'm making. But at the end of the day, yes, we are content creators. Coaches are content creators too. You're making content to promote your business. So for me, content creator was too broad. It was like, I mean, yeah, my mom makes content, but what makes her monetizable? It's when you have that level of influence, that level of authority, that personal brand as kind of the moat around you. And yeah, I was ready for the challenge and it's worked out since. Yeah, you know, I really like it. It's funny because today we do use the terms interchangeably, but purely because of SEO. So all the business owners are sitting out there. I'm like, well, people are searching for content creators. I can't be that much of a contrarian, but I will use both terms because I like them both. True. So true. And wow, what a, I'm still shocked that the news outlet twisted your story. Damn. Like you see that happening on TV, on Gossip Girl, on, you know, Grey's Anatomy. But to hear that that happened to you in real life, that is shocking, isn't it? It was a moment. I mean, everyone I knew, it, it, it was so wild to me that it went that viral. I mean, it was everywhere. I ended up on the Today Show, Good Morning America. Like, all these outlets were so curious to hear, like, this girl's story. And everyone had different perceptions. The first per person who posted about it scandalized it. And I'm sure you're familiar with the Daily Mail. So the Daily Mail was the second people to pick up the story, which scandalized it, right? But then these other outlets kind of wanted to tell the real story, right? Like, let's talk about it, right? Like, yeah, there was something to talk about. The pressures that other influencers put on you. Like, when you are young and vulnerable, you think you have to, you know, buy $500 worth of this brand to do a haul. Like, people think that. And that was the kind of point I was trying to make. I was like, I used to see when I was in my early 20s, you know, these influencers on these like really cool cities and I'd want to go too because they told me to go there. And I thought that if I go there, 
and, you know, spend the money and post about it, I might get more followers. I did not. Like I said, Lisette's diary was not monetizable. So really wanting people, I, I really like that we started the conversation. And over the years, like if anyone ever wants to interview me on the topic, it's always from the perspective of the realities, right, of being a content creator and the pressures that come with wanting to spend more money. And that is a conversation that they needs to be had. Um, but it was just so silly to me because I had like, friends and fa like family members friends that I haven't seen since I was five years old you know being like is everything okay um because they kept using the word broke right so it's like is she okay and like and I'm like uh yes <laughs> I I'm fine I, I have a job <laughs> wow that is mental I think obviously being over in Australia and New Zealand like I've heard all these news names outlet names on TV but I've actually never had you know heard like wow they're actually real they don't just exist on Superman um which is crazy right and I think the the media is is a little bit different but I just can't believe that I can't believe the twisting of it but I mean it's an overall arc the arc of your journey like look to where it's gotten you you know and 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 like it was a canon event oh my god yeah like it was actually a really important event to happen for you to really see one like you know the stigma that we have around money the stigma around influencing all that sort of stuff and that kind of cracked open for you to create the business and do the work that you do you know so the work that you're doing with influencers like let's talk about that you've spoken so much about, you know, being authentic, building connection, building community, being who you really are. That sounds like it's really ingrained in your value system. In your business, when you're coaching influencers or content creators, what are the barriers that come up to creating that? Yeah, to creating the business or for creators creating the business? For creators creating their business? Yeah, great crush. Everything feels so meta sometimes. You're like the creator creating. Um, so for me, uh, what I've really seen for a lot of my clients, it's it actually, it sounds so silly, but I bet we cannot relate to it. The idea that you are cringy. It is like, what are my friends and family going to think? I don't want to show up as an influencer. Can I make an account that's private? So a lot of people really do not want to get started because of the fear of rejection and how they're going to be perceived. Mm -hmm. And I do understand these fears because they're they're valid. Like I had some friends and family, especially my immediate family, they had no idea what I was doing. They were like, oh, yeah, you're cute little pictures, you know, and then now I'm like owning this huge business. So people will not understand what you're doing when you get started. But boy, when you're successful, they're going to want a piece of it. So if, if anything, do it for the revenge arc. <laughs> um, it is really fascinating to see how people in the beginning do have a lot of judgment, which is why I think it does start with having your own sense of confidence in your story. You don't have to be a confident person, right? That's going to totally come over time. And there are even sometimes that I can get a little shy or maybe uncomfortable. You don't have to be fully confident as a person. You need to own your story. No one else can be able to tell your story for you. I always joke and talk about um, the movie Eight Mile with Eminem, how if you haven't watched it, if you have watched it, you know what I'm talking about. But basically there's a scene at the end where there's a rap battle and he raps about himself and basically comes at himself and says all the bad things that the other guy would have said about himself. And the other guy has nothing to say and he wins the rap battle. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. like, that's, we got an eight mile of them, right? Like, eight mile of them. Oh my God, this is the best. Yeah, like, we have to basically be the owners of our own story, the good, the bad, the ugly. So when people go through my mastermind, which is kind of the signature program, and it's just the best way to explain the journey of becoming a content creator, but we actually start with your story. I have a mandatory piece of homework where people have to write down three most important milestones, beautiful moments of their life that they're excited about, three most difficult moments of time, challenges, you know, pivots that they were not so excited about, and how those things shape them and shape the things that they might actually want to be talking about. Because it's so interesting, right? Like for me, if I tell you one of my milestones is becoming the first in my family to get a university degree, what does that have to do with Lisette building, a, you know, talking about content creators? It has more, more than you think, right? Like, why do you love it? A story, right? Of being like the first in my family, of defying all odds. It's kind of the same thing I want to tell people is when you're building a business defy your own odds so I just like people to reflect on their own story and see it because then they become a lot more confident in it and those 
just like fear of judgment starts to fade because you're like, what is someone going to say about me that I haven't already thought of or that I haven't already said? So that's usually like the first barrier of entry. Of course, before all the technical stuff, like everyone's going to have questions about the algorithm and how do I best use social media? But you can YouTube university, all of that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah that inner yeah. work, right like that confidence and that like you said yeah what are my friends and family going to think of me if I create these types of videos or type of content you know and did you experience that in your journey as well what was that like for you yeah 100% I actually feel like in the beginning the well there were a lot of mindset blocks but for me I was that person who too was like, oh, I don't want to promote my work or like promote myself too much because I don't want like everyone to see it. Right. So it's very, <laughs> it, it wasn't even humble. It was like, oh, I don't know. Cringe, right? You like think you're your own cringe. And then as I started to build out the confidence, that second piece I kind of mentioned, the technicality part, I actually got so sucked into the algorithm and the numbers for a really long period of my career. And that burnt me out because I was like, wait, I have to make content this way. And in the end, at the end of the day, I lost all energy, passion for a period because I was trying to build for like a system that does not necessarily care about like good work. It just cares about whatever is trending today. And so I really had to kind of let that go and let that feeling go. Of like, does my content suck? No, it's just the algorithm is not serving it to people today. And that's okay. Um, so those were kind of the main, main things. And I think aside from that, when you're working in social media, you the boundaries piece I know we kind of talked about it a little bit but you're going to receive really interesting energy you're going to get beautiful lovely that was the most polite way you could have put that really interesting energy interesting like I have a story like today someone commented on one of my posts it was the post talking about like my growth journey and you know being so proud to be Latina and some random troll was because I t- was talking about GoDaddy. Some random troll was like, well, your story sucks because GoDaddy hasn't answered my like customer service email. And I was like, whoa, hi. You're like, morning. oh, sure. And let me go and yeah. talk to them. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the reason why I suck. Yeah, I was like, thank you for telling me that I suck. Can you like email customer service? So you kind of have to like not let those things get to you because they will happen all the time. And sadly, the bigger your account gets, the more that energy comes in. And there will always be people who will want to give you unsolicited advice, who will want to really try to drag you down, who will. It's like this thing I always say. I'm like, it's not like if you go to a museum, are you going to go in front of a painting that you don't like and say, I hate this painting. You're not going to do that if you're a normal human being. And a lot of that happens online where I'm like, you guys are here at my museum, what I've curated and yelling, I don't like this. Um, So you really have to build boundaries. There's nothing I can really say to that except whatever works for you. Like I'm someone who loves a good clap back. Like I will respond. (laughs) What is your best clap back? Can you please tell us that? Oh my gosh. Wow. That would be really hard to think about. I feel like all my clapbacks are pretty good. Are they all really, really good? Yeah. Um, it's it's usually like, I love to be kind of sarcastic back to people. I'm never rude. I will say that. I'm never trying to give back bad energy. I try to make them be like, you know, I'll say something sarcastic back to them and then they're fighting amongst themselves in the comments. Um, but it's like, or I'll clap back with like a really fun fact. Like if someone's trolling a video of mine, every time I talk about the influencer industry and maybe how much money I've earned or, you know, how much money there is to earn, I get a lot of trolls of people being like, get a job. And then I'll be like, oh, did you know that you run a half a million dollar business? Is that enough of a job for you? <laughs> I love you. Of course it. Get a job. <laughs> I'm like, I, do you want to see my W2? Do you want to have a look? Like, I think I'm doing okay, you know? damn and I mean that is so 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 true like there is a real dark side to going viral and to growing your account and um I remember like how long maybe six ish months ago I had a video of myself going of myself crying going viral and it was awful I got so much hate I got so many dick pics and people saying like let me slide one into you so that you won't cry anymore all these sorts of horrid things and I was like what the hell like I was not expecting this and 
I think for a lot of people who are content creators, business owners, you know, influencers on social media, there is this goal to go viral, right? Like it's like, oh, cross my fingers, hope that the algorithm hashtag blesses me today. And for me in the experience of when it when it's happened, sometimes it hasn't actually affected my business in a good way. You know, I think there is such a thing about you you want to go viral in the right way, connecting with the right people. And sometimes that doesn't happen overnight as much as you wish it would. Yeah, it's so funny because you're right. Like virality is such a big milestone for people. And I will tell you nine times out of 10, when they go viral, they're like, never mind, I take it back. <laughs> because when you think about virality, virality is not intentionality. Virality means this is going to as many people as possible and we do not care who it goes to. So it's never going to really, unless you keep going viral on the topics that, you know, are meant to drive your business, which could happen to some people. I said nine times out of 10, <laughs> you know, it's going to reach just trolls, just the general internet, the bots, right? Who are ready to respond whenever a key term shows up, you know? And I love like the, what I call like baby viral, which is like, hmm, you know, a couple dozen thousand followers, you know, having 30,000 uh, views like that. That's nice because, you know, I know it's reaching the right people likely before it gets to like a million views where now it's just reaching all the depths of the internet that you don't want to be in. So I think more about intentionality. And the other piece too is sometimes if you just start posting things to go viral, you're not actually going to convert a lot of followers because the people who go to your page and they see what your page is about, but maybe that video that went viral was not related at all, they're not going to hit follow. And I actually experienced that a lot because, or every year, I actually post the story of how my partner and I met. And every year it goes viral. It's like a funny joke between us. We're like, ooh, how far is it going to go this year? But do I get, you know, one time I got 7 million views, 17 million views on our video. Did I get 17 million followers? No, because when someone goes to my page, they're like, oh, this girl's not a relationship page. This girl is talking about businesses and content creators. So it's nice because some people will trail in from that. Some people who are like, oh, I've been looking for someone like this. But the results are not going to, you know, mirror, wow, 17 million people saw this and I got, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. Not the case at all. Mm, it's so so true and I absolutely have learned that the hard way as well you know and it is it's, it's sometimes it's just like a little it's like a little tick it's like a, oh yeah like I remember thinking oh now that I've gone viral like I'm legit like my business is real you know people are going to take me way more seriously I remember even thinking like this gives me extra permission to be cringy because now all the people in high school that I'm afraid are going to think who the hell are you they'll be like oh she's legit you know she's got it going on but really it is just a, a vanity metric almost isn't it and it sometimes doesn't actually have the impact that you want it to have in your business your life the brands that you're working with you know etc and what I do want to ask is my final question is you said that there's a sweet spot, you know, 30,000 views. There's a, a mini viral kind of area that you want to go into. Yeah. What is, what are your tips for creating, you know, impactful content that can have the potential to reach more people? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think the elements of having something go mini viral or as I like to say, you go viral when things are very shareable, right? Because what really happens is it's shareable and searchable. If it's searchable, the algorithm knows exactly where to put it. So it's going to put it to the right places. And because it's in the right places, people are going to be more likely to engage, to save, to comment, to really get, get with that. And when it's shareable, it's going to get more views because people are sharing it. And it's just that virality is happening, right? That's how organic virality really happens. It's not like the algorithm is like random selection, turbo mode. It's just massive edges. <laughs> yeah, right? Like someone's back there the computer. Yeah. But they, the algorithm is reading, you know, and actually Adam Mazzari, who's the head of Instagram, he makes videos all the time about updates and Instagram and the algorithm. And he did a very in-depth one about what the algorithm really cares about. And he said that shares is the golden ticket to a lot of what people are looking for. He's like, shares are really going to get you more views. They're going to get you more followers because people are sharing it with one another. So always um, focus on search and share when you anticipate and want to intentionally hopefully get more views from something. 
everything. Mm-hmm. I will say when I when I share this out loud, it is not for you to say every single post must be shareable, must be savable. Some posts might just be for fun. Mm-hmm. Some posts are going to be promoting a sale that you're doing. I'm sorry, but that's not going viral. And that's okay. Like there is room for all of it. But if you really want to have some intentionality in your strategy, um, try for search, try for saves. How do you try for search? You got to make sure that things are uh, very clear. So for example, I've seen a lot of great content that doesn't get the views it deserves because there's no text on it. And I'm like, well, the algorithm actually doesn't know where to send this, right? So even if it is, you know, a day in the life with me might not be as strong as a day in the life with an entrepreneur, a day in the life with a mom of two kids. Now, all of a sudden, if I'm a mom with two kids, I'm going to go to your page. I'm, I'm here. I'm engaging. I'm relating. I'm interested. If I am someone who's looking for business tips or entrepreneurship, I might get your video in my algorithm because that word is there. That trigger word is there. And I might engage and I might comment and I may hit the follow button. So you really want to make sure that you're being super clear on who your content is for as you write it to help with search. Um, and then with shareability, that one's obviously a little bit harder to kind of strategize for because it's, it's funny. You're like, you never know what's going to take. But what I like to think about is that shareability is really the idea that people see themselves in your piece of content so hard that they must share it with a friend or they must share it with the world. So you really have to think about how can I make this about them? How could I make this as relatable as possible to another human being so that they can see themselves in this and share it? For example, my video going viral of my partner, I know it's going to go viral because one, there's text on screen that's kind of like when you go up to someone and and like now they're your husband, fiance, that's stuff that's going to end up in the romance trope. <laughs> and then I also know it's shareable because Girls are going to send it to each other and say, oh, my God, you should do this. Oh, my God, have you seen this? This is so, oh, my God, this is so you. You would do this. So that's kind of like, I know it's going to go mega viral. It's, of course, harder to do with different subjects that aren't as catchy. Mm-hmm. So, for example, with some of my kind of educational content, I know it's going to be searchable because I know that I'm using, when it's education, you're much more likely to use very searchable, clear key terms. But to also make it a little bit shareable, I'm trying to use relatable stories. I'm trying, even if it's like leading through my own story and saying, you know, I had a situation where this happened. Um, I also will say, hey, share this with another creator who needs to hear it. Like really using a lot of triggers of making it as relatable as possible, not just regurgitating information, but making it relatable and then encouraging that share activity. So Mm -hmm. share to me most likely to equal virality because you can't guarantee it that is most likely and you described that really well like i really feel like i understand the the searchability you know it's about the keywords being specific but the shareability is yes you can you know you can encourage shares but you said something so powerful like helping people see themselves in you or see other people like there's nothing better than when your friend sends you a video saying oh my god this is so you or oh my god you were talking about this the other day this you know this chick is you or whatever I think that's part of the key to it isn't it exactly yeah and we've done it for so many categories in our lives like from DIYs for the home you're probably like oh I know you're renovating your bathroom I thought you'd like this video like you just all of a sudden you're making it if you can make content not just as I, sometimes I'll say you can't make show and tell content because it's not really going to go as far as you think, right? Like I made this pretty thing. You have to make content that feels like it's about someone else. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to also add this pressure thinking I have to make content for someone else. But remember, we're trying to build human connections. So I invite someone into that conversation, into that piece of content by making it about them a little. You're a genius. You described this so well. I am excited for all of the business owners in all of the different categories and walks of life to be able to hear this, you know? Um, And so briefly before we close, Lizette, I'm starting this new segment on the show called Do You Believe in Love? And it's going to have insert cheesy music here. I would love you to tell us, you know, you've hinted at it a couple of times, the juicy story of how you met your partner. And if you, I will make sure that I link one of those amazing videos as well. So you can see, because I I love that you have actual filmed moments of it. Like that is wild to me. But share that story. Help us believe in love again. For all the single folks out there, let's help us believe in love again. I will tell you, love is real. Um, 
and it's not blind in this story so it, it what really happened is i was on a it was after a work happy hour so i was actually this is for context because everyone always asks yes i was sober i was not drunk when this happened and on the way home i was like i want to get some french fries if you know me personally i have an obsession with french fries and i walked into five guys which is a fast food chain in the united states and this particular five guys actually had a speakeasy on the second floor and i'd been there before but again i was there for fries so as i'm ordering my fries my friend is with me, who's also a creator, Chelsea, as of late, I will credit her. She says, why do people keep going to the back room? That's so weird. And I'm like, oh, that's the staircase, you know, to the to speakeasy. So this very casual moment was happening between us. If you can envision, I was holding a bag full of fries because that's how they serve it to you. It's just bag full of fries, grease everywhere, shoving fries in my mouth. And I'm like, I'll go show you really quick. So I'm walking up the stairs into the speakeasy shunning fries in my face and justin walking out looking amazing at he was at the speakeasy right so he was there for a good time and we both just stare at each other and i was like oh and i looked at my friend chelsea and i was like i know that that is my guy i was like that is my guy and like what? it was like this crazy crazy thing and she's like okay weirdo like whatever so if you could envision again He's walking down the stairs. I'm walking up. So it was one of those, like, whatever. And so he leaves, right? But it was just that one moment where I was like, ah, oh, man, you know. So I show her the speakeasy. It's like four by four feet. It's not that big. We come back downstairs. And as we're walking out, I noticed that Justin had actually stopped to order some food at this Five Guys and is sitting with his friends. So and your heart is like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My friend Chelsea says, You'll never get the chance again to tell him that you think he's your perfect guy. Yes, Chelsea. Yes. Yeah. I was like, you know what? You're right about that. So she's like, I dare you to go talk to him. And I was like, yeah. And I had never done this in my life. If you know me in real life, well, I feel like I'm like this online. I'm like so <laughs> awkward sometimes. And I went up to Justin as he's shoving a burger in his mouth. So he, he looked annoyed. He was like, I'm enjoying this burger after like drinking all evening. And I go up to him and I'm like, Hey, um, I think you're really good looking and I just wanted to tell you that. So yeah. And I just froze and that is all I said. Oh my god, I love that. Hey. Yeah, it was where you're like, hi. And he looked back at me and his first words to me were, Is everything okay? <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, of course it is. And he's like, Well, you just froze. Is that all you want to say? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I just, you know, wanted to tell you that. And he was like, do you want some more fries? Because I saw you shoving some fries on the way in. <laughs> and if you know Justin, he's he's like this. He's like dark humor, sarcastic. Yeah. He's really funny. And I kind of like that because I, I can be like that. Again, I love sarcasm. So I was like, oh, he's like, I think he's flirting a little, but I can't tell. <laughs> so my friend Chelsea is recording this whole interaction, which is why we have a video of it. Because she like would not believe that I was going to go up to this guy. And again, thanks to my friend Chelsea, she said, why don't we take a seat and get to know each other? So she kind of was like the middleman because I had frozen. I was like, Chelsea, yeah. again, with the hype woman. Wow. Okay, we all need Chelsea a woman the like Chelsea. Oh, we, we need Chelsea. And we sat there and we talked for about 20 minutes. It was actually quite casual. It was like actually funny conversations. He was with three friends. So it was a table of four guys. Okay. And I, you know, me, let alone me with my like striped fur coat in the middle of winter goes up to him. And we talked um, a bonus story that people don't know. So I, I think I might not have shared this ever on like a podcast or social. So you heard it here first is that the problem was when I was sitting again, I had no game. I had no idea what was happening. I said, uh, he said, this is the part where you ask for my number. And I oh, no, he did not. Did he actually say that? I was like, okay. So I was like, give me your number. And, and he puts his number in. But at the time, he will tell you this part. So he's like, I'm not lying when I say I didn't know how to use an iPhone because I had an Android. So he saved his number, but didn't actually put the phone number on the contact. So I didn't know, like, I didn't have his phone number technically. Thank God he put his full name. So I was able to immediately look him up on social media, Justin Lee Rodriguez, and 
thank God he has a middle name because in the Hispanic community, that is the most common name ever. Justin Rodriguez. There are thousands of them at any given moment in time. And I found him and I immediately sent him a DM. I remember texting my friends. I have screenshots of this like funny combo where I was like, wait, he didn't save his number correctly. Like, should I DM him? And they were like, no, he probably done on purpose. And I'm like, I'm going to DM him. And I just DM'd him and I did it. So you're right. You're like, I'll come this spot. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I really did not mean to do that. I feel so embarrassed. Like, let's go on a date. And we went on a date two days later, two days later. And we never saw anyone else again. So, and now we are, you know, getting married, building families, possibly buying a house. So, <laughs> oh my God, what a story. And like, I, you know, the little girl in me is like, you went up to him and you said that. But what I loved about that story, Lizette, was you were really honest with how awkward you were. And it was like, um, you had like five seconds of confidence and then you were just like, eh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's on his side of the story, he's like, "What I, why I entertained it was, hey, I mean, I thought she was good looking, but I was like, I think this girl is so pure because, and again, like lesson on authenticity. He was like, it was so pure that she had no game plan. She had no game and no game plan. So I had to hear her out. And he was like, I just wanted to hear where, where this was going. I wanted to know. And then apparently all the guys went like, you know, on the subway because it's New York City. And on the subway, they were talking about it. And they were like, I really respect how brave she was because you could tell she was really scared. And I was like, I was. I had never done that before. So do scary things. Put yourself out there. The worst that would have happened is he said, thanks, bye. And I would have gone my own way. But it would have been a confidence boost. So that is honestly such an amazing story and it's it's almost like mirrors into how you you've done in your career as well right you've had these moments of confidence where you've been like you know quit my job okay I gotta go for it you know and it's incredible you know and I, I really admire you and your authenticity so there you have it folks it's be authentic in real life and online have a moment of confidence and you will meet the love of your life and build this amazing business and incredible things will happen fingers crossed right yeah it all goes back to be yourself <laughs> it all goes back to be yourself well thank you so 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 much Lizette for this incredible conversation thank you for you know your energy and your honesty and just sharing some of your knowledge but also a lot of your stories because I think that's what people are here listen like this is why I listen to podcasts so I want to hear stories you know I want to hear the journey the ups and downs and you've you've really done that for us today so thank you so much and I will, of course, link all your socials in the bio, in our bio, but where can people find you? Thank you. Oh, I love talking. I just love this conversation. And I really hope people learn from this and feel a little, a little boost of confidence from this. And always feel free to DM me if there's anything you enjoyed or have questions about or want to talk about. But you can find me at Lisette Kalb, which will be linked if you, I know it's a hard name to spell. And I also have Influence with Impact, which is the business side. And that is really focused on the content creator education piece. If you're a content creator, influencer, you can go there for all things topic. And yeah. Yeah, you're amazing. And everything you share is so incredible. Like, there are so many things that I've learned from you in terms of creating social media content that have been so valuable, even just from your own pages and the way that you share your story. And it's so fantastic to see you like speaking more, to see you like being in partnerships with these amazing brands and, you know, sharing the real damn deal about life and being a business owner and being in social media. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you bringing all these stories. I think, again, like you're you're helping people get more confident in their stories through your podcast. So thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. Wowie, what an incredible episode. I feel like I'm going back and I'm writing all of that stuff down. I just loved having that chat with Lizette, especially, you know, just sharing the real honest stories around what it's like creating a business, the highs, the lows, and the stuff that can happen, you know, going viral. It's not necessarily a really fun experience all of the time. And there's so much importance in reclaiming the cringe factor and allowing you to be more authentic in who you are. So I really hope that you've got mad value and mad inspiration from that episode because I think, yeah, it's made me believe in love and believe in the power of influencing all over again. And I'm so excited to reinvest all of that knowledge and all of those good feelings back into my business and my own social media and my own love life. A hell yes. Thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you for listening. I so appreciate you and appreciate your time. And if I can ask you a favor at all to support the show, the number one thing that I ask from you is to please hit subscribe. Hit subscribe. And if it resonated with you, if you loved it, if you loved the stories, share this to your social media pages. Make sure to tag me. I'm at Kathleen.MindsetCoach. Everything to do with Lizette will be in the show notes. We have another hugely amazing and special guest coming on next week. Her name is Emma Mumford. She is from the UK. She hosts the number one spiritual podcast in the UK. She is an amazing manifestation coach. I've already recorded this episode and it's freaking amazing and I cannot wait to share it with you. So make sure to get tuned in. Make sure to hit subscribe, hit that bell icon so you don't miss an episode. And remember, we are on the new posting schedule from now. So every Monday morning, super, super early, both music Zealand and Australian time so that's the area of the world where the sun rises first so no matter where you are every Monday morning you will get a new episode of the Boundless South podcast it is so that you can start off your week the right way inspired with a bit of fun a lot of laughter and ready to make your week the most boundless week possible thank you again for listening go ahead and have a boundless day oh my god I can't believe I just said that inside me there's some cringe going on but it's okay be boundless baby (laughs) 